What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Your Own Sir podcast. I have been hyped about this episode all day. Um, this is a guest. I've seen her work on Instagram, and we'll talk further about it with some other things, but she's an amazing artist to start off with. Um, and so this is an individual, a graphic designer, team photographer for the Carolina Panthers, also the first Black creative director in the SEC um, at the University of Tennessee, and also the designer of the 2021 National Football Championship trophy. So I present to you all Chanel Smith-Walker. Thank you, Chanel, for hopping on. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm of course. excited. Yes, I'm excited. I, we just had a conversation before, and I told her I was just really hyped to have her on. Um, but we're just going to hop straight into it. For me, I just kind of like to just built the story, built the scene. But I always start off with one important question that I feel like just sets the tone for the conversation. Um, so for me, what's your intention? Like, what type of creative do you want to be when it's all said and done? Kind of like what imprint do you want to leave on this industry? Um, so I will say, I, like, you know, how there's like a player coach. Um, yeah. Like, I'll definitely say, like, I'm like a player designer. Um, mm. I when I design, I design for the player. So wow, I, I've never like, heard that before. I like that. <laughs> Thanks. So I'm like, to me, I'm there to tell their story. So I'm there to tell, show the hard work that they've done behind the scenes. And then I show the fans and, mm -hmm. and people that follow the team. So I think that's, I think that's what makes me like a different designer. And, and I want to show the emotion, like even when I photograph, even when I make graphics, um, I definitely want to show the emotion behind a piece. Um, yeah. So obviously you have some like generic pieces where it's like schedule release or things like that, but any custom pieces that I can do, like I want to show where the emotion, like players' personality. Um, but I will say as a creative, as a whole, like honestly, like I just want to be authentic, genuine. Mm. And I just honestly want to inspire people. Like I when I first got into industry, there was not many people that looked like me. And so mm -hmm. I, and so that's probably why I was the first in a lot of different categories. But for me, I just want to yes. inspire the, the, the other creatives. Um, but also like, I want to show athletes another part that you don't just have to be an athlete. Like I was a college athlete, mm -hmm. um, but I did both. Like I focused on my sport, but I also found another outlet to express myself, which was through art. So I just want yep. to show that you can be, you can be great at multiple things and you can have other outlets besides your sport. So I feel like I have a lot of different meanings, but the biggest thing is like for, I just want to inspire people and just help people to, to stand in their truth. Um, so, yes, yeah. that's amazing. And you touched on so many things that I want to build upon. For me, first thing you talked about just being a college athlete, right? Mm -hmm. D1 University, Elon, you're playing volleyball, things of that sort. I just want to talk about the stigma sometimes that we see with athletes is like, hey, you're an athlete, you're an athlete all year round, right? And sometimes it's just maybe harder because you're forced on a team, you know, not forced, but being on a team with people who share the commonality of playing a sport is you, but you all may not have the same type of interest. You're not the same person. You come from different backgrounds. And I think my question to you is you kind of found your minor was digital art. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of knew like, hey, I like being a creative. I kind of like this space. I understand it. So just talk to me about kind of going against that stigma of college athletes only focusing on being an athlete, but kind of also honing in on your 40 to 50 year plan instead of your four to five year plan. So it actually started. So when I was little, I'd always like been into art. Um, mm -hmm. My mom would take us to like these like ceramic like classes where we'd like make mugs together and like. All oh, that. so this is this in the roots. This is in the yeah. This, so this is definitely <laughs> like in the roots. But it's like funny because I have an identical twin sister and she's not like creative like whatsoever. <laughs> um, but so I'd always been into art. So like even in middle school, like elementary school, like I was like kind of like my artwork would get submitted. Like when I had to do mm. art class, I would get like in competitions and stuff like that. Yeah. Mine so never got submitted. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I always knew like I was a creative person. Um, and I'm so thankful that my mom like allowed me to like tap into that. So my, my mm-hmm. parents were great at letting me like do both. Um, mm-hmm. They were just like, if you're going to do both, like you need to fully be invested in both. Like you can't like half-ass do anything. So when I got to high school, we had a graphic communications class. Um, okay. And so that's like where I first learned like what graphic design was. So we was more like logo design. That's why I first learned Illustrator mm-hmm. and Mr. Dykes. Like I will tell, like I still talked into this days, my high school teacher. I'm like, he is literally like what helped my career. And like, that's amazing. Like, oh, my life. And so we had this program called Skills USA. And so I was always the type of person that like, I just honestly didn't necessarily give a shit what people thought about me. So <laughs> I love it. I was, <laughs> so I was one of those people that like, my sister would tell you, she'd be like, you're like an athletic nerd. As in like, I literally was like, I like, I was full sports. Like I did mm-hmm. travel volleyball. Like I was a competitive, we were competitive cheerleaders. Yeah. Like, so I did like, tri- I did AAU basketball when I was in middle school. Y'all did it all. Yeah. So we just came from a very athletic family. Like my brother did like five different sports too. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I knew, but I knew sports was going to get me to my college, like my tuition paid for. So I was right. in volleyball, like I won state championship in high school. Like I was MVP, like all these like awards, but also like, I was like, I knew my passion was in design. Mm. And so I say I was an athletic nerd because I was one of those people, like I granted, I, I hung up with the athletic people, the football players, things mm-hmm. like that. But I also was like with like my friends who were just like these like random ass like white folks. That yeah. like, <laughs> and I was competing in like design competitions like in like in Georgia. And I laugh because when you look at the picture, it's like I was literally like the only black person in the picture. <laughs> like I had like that my like my uh, my um my black slacks on in my polo, like mm-hmm. tucked in my pants. But then like <laughs> and, like later that evening, I was like playing in a volleyball game. So it's yes. like so like I had that pass for both. And so I will say when I got to college, I knew, okay, I wanted to be creative. So as soon as I got to Elon, um, I like found internships. So I like interned at my mm. student newspaper as a graphic designer. Then my Which is amazing. Year, <laughs> thank you. Yes. My second year, I was interning at a photography company. My third year, I was a part of working with our PR agency called Live Oak Communications. Mm-hmm. And my senior year, I interned um, at the ACC. So like, I wanted to make sure that I set myself up for when I graduated, but yes. you're, but you have to have that mindset and the hustle that you want to do both. Like I knew that I wanted to be mm. creative. So I had to fully commit to doing both. So um, so I tell people all the time, like it's, you can definitely do both, but like, you can't half-ass do both if that makes sense. You have to be fully tentative yeah. on both those of what you want to do. So that's some good advice. Just even for college athletes who are listening, that's really great advice. Cause I know a lot of people who want to do things outside of just the sport and not really knowing how to balance it. But a question that I have too, is, um, I think something that's admirable with a lot of people is understanding like, okay, this is my alpha plan. Like, this is my plan for right now. That's going to get me to where I want to be, which is like my Omega plan and things I want to do in the future. And you talked about knowing that sports was going to guide you to get this full ride, but I'm also going to utilize this degree to just get into what I want to do. And so how do you just, um, I guess my question is come to terms with that. Cause a lot of people will want to choose one thing or want to go to school for creative design. If that's what I really want to do. And why can I get a scholarship for that? And you know, why do I have to play a sport, you know, to move forward? Um, like at the, t- at that point in time, like getting like design, like scholarships wasn't really a thing. Right. Um, and so like re- just recently, like I've seen like schools, like Nebraska has like, like a, a, a like a full scholarship for like young designers that for undergrad That's crazy. and it's crazy. But like when I like was getting, when I was going to college, like it wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was just like, okay, like how can I strategically set myself up to be ready for that? So right. honestly, the, excuse me, say honestly helped me out a lot. And part of, and it helped me out a lot because 
they were the ones that were like, oh, like you can, like they showed me examples of like people who did this program that they were like, they went to college for that. So I was like, oh, mm. this is like a thing. Like I can make money off of being creative. Yeah. And I don't think black people realize that there were naturally creative people. So it's like, so I can make money off my natural creativity. Like <laughs> it's lit. So it, it, right. So like it, to me, it was just like so easy to make that decision. But with skills, with skills USA, not only did it help me be creative, it helped, it helped me like learn how to network with people that didn't look like me, which I think yeah. is huge for the industry. But also like it helped me do like mock interviews. Like my mom had been in HR for like literally like 15 years. And so she actually came in because part of the process for like um, when you're competing in these competitions, you had to do like a mock interview okay. with like some random person. So like I had to do mock interviews with my mom and like stuff like that is what helped me figure out like, okay, like, so if I'm going to like actually do these mock interviews, like clearly I love what I'm doing because like you're not going to do something like that if you don't really. Not at all. Especially with moms interview. though. Like mom yeah, would be the mom. criticism. Like. <laughs> right. And my mom, my mom's from New York and she does not play so I was just like, but she was like critiquing me like talking too fast like I'm like okay so that's when I knew like, okay this is what I wanted to do but mm-hmm. I just think sitting down and, I, and I'll already tell you like I I'm not a planner so like I didn't okay. have that mindset of like I didn't necessarily know like there were opportunities like I have now like when I was in college I didn't really know jobs like this existed when I was in college mm-hmm. but I will say like I knew like okay I wanted to go to a place where I could have like be an artist right. so that's like even at even before Elon like I was looking at SCAD like I was looking at a lot of these other schools that like had volleyball programs that where I could tap into like my creativity mm-hmm. um to where I could fully like be a creative if that makes sense and like and I wasn't yeah. just going to a place where like I'm just getting a degree just to get a degree. So yes, that's that's amazing to have a, a plan and be strategic. But I never even thought about that. Like people usually don't have creative college scholarships like at all, mm-hmm. Every, especially in the black community. It's like you better get your grades up so they give you the academic. Right. <laughs> Not one for being creative. So I've never thought of that either. And like I feel like a lot of media schools now it's on the rise just because mm-hmm. marketing like you even sports teams like you see how important it is if a recruit comes in and you make them a dope graphic. Or you take some good pictures and they like, man, like they, you know, they got me looking good. And that makes a total difference. And so I think the emphasis also comes from just organizations understanding how that can bring people and attract them to, you know, their orgs. But it's it's crazy though, because to be honest, like I think that's where there's a gap between just like there's a lot of just white creatives because mm-hmm. it's things like that are not common in the black community. Like right. black, like black parents are old, like raise their raise their kids either your academics or you gotta be an athlete. And that's yep. like the only way to like make it in college. And it's not it's not true because when I was at Tennessee, like at the time I was at NC State and I was going to Tennessee, mm-hmm. there was this one kid that we really wanted and and he was a creative, he was a designer, is like why guy, super dope kid. Um, and they wanted him to come to NC State for his undergrad so he could be an intern for our graphic department. But he was also, Tennessee would also want him to be a designer. So we were kind of like competing. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee literally brought him in as like, like he was a recruit, but he was just a designer, but they wanted him to choose Tennessee. Yeah. And I don't even think it was a scholarship, but they wanted him to come to Tennessee so they can bring him in as a paid intern. And I just thought it was crazy because you see that a lot in a lot of the white communities where it's like Nebraska, a lot of their interns are mainly white, like yep. Tennessee, all of my interns are mainly black till I got there. And I, I was able to bring in like a, this black girl, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's not common in the black community to even, to even look to see not at all. Hey, maybe I could go to a school and maybe they could pay for my tuition and be a, be a creative there. It's, it's not yep. common because we're just training our mindset. That's either like, you have to be really smart or you have to be athletic and mm-hmm. to make it. And to me, that's not true. Like, I felt like I, I don't, wouldn't say I'm like super smart. Like I got, had to get good grades or like I was going to choke my parents, but like, 
I was a creative and I was a, a decent athlete where I knew yes. I could get my tuition paid for. So I think hopefully we can start shifting our mind and people and just black creatives to start advocating for themselves and say, hey, I want to be creative and mm-hmm. find ways to get in the industry before you're like after for your four years into a degree. And then you're trying to figure that out after you've graduated already. From yes, college. that's real. That's so real, because I always tell people this and like a lot of people come to me with the podcast like, oh, my God, you're creative or you made a real you made a TikTok now. I'm like, if you would have told me freshman year that I was a creative person, I would tell you I wasn't creative Mm -hmm. like I would tell you like no way I'm creative and it's just simply because like I wasn't exposed to it and I think we also don't understand that there are different forms of creativity like people on TikTok are creative you know like coming up with that is creative you can draw you can be a photographer you can make a graphic design you can do you can make a book like whatever you want to do and I think we're just not exposed in a black community to all of those options so that's a really necessary conversation because I think the more we're exposed to different things, like coming here to a bigger school, it's like, okay, wait, like, I ain't never met somebody who could make a graphic before ever, Mm -hmm. like ever in my life. So many people around me do it. And I'm like intrigued, like, I I like that. How you do that? And I might not want to do it, but like, that's dope to me. And then I start figuring out like, okay, maybe that's not what I want to do, but maybe I can think of a good question or maybe I could figure out what's a good series for the podcast. And that's a form of being creative too. So that is real. Yep. That's real. That's a good one. And I know you talked about earlier, let's talk about your style. So having different internships, you know, from internships, you gain experience, you figure out what you don't like to do, figure out what you do like to do, where you want to be, where you don't want to be. And you talked about just being the the player's creative. When did you develop that ideology, that style? Like, when did you figure out like, okay, this is this is who I am. This is how I differentiate myself as a photographer or also a graphic designer, too. I think I started noticing it more when I got to Baylor, when I moved over to football, mm-hmm. um, when I was coming up with these concepts and I was like, um, cause there was this really big concept I wanted to do. And it was before any other team wanted to do it. And it was, I wanted to do like a tattoo series, um, because I consider like, t- I, of course, like I have a full arm sleeve. So I yes. think I want one bad. I'm scared. <laughs> That's what people like to overthink. Just like do it. <laughs> Just like I literally it. just woke up one day and I was like, I want to get a sleeve and just like started doodling shit and just like, really okay. When I yeah. get mine, I'm gonna see the picture like still. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. But and so I wanted to do a tattoo series and people were like, what? Like a tattoo? And I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, because like tattoos are like, especially like and like not and tattoos are a universal thing. Like it's right. not like it's like a black thing, a white thing. It's like like everybody. I've seen, I've seen everybody have tattoos, mm-hmm. whether they're old, young, any type of ethnicity. Like they have tattoos, and so to me that's a uh, it's a way of an expression so I want to do a tattoo series on just explaining why they got it here what it meant like if it mm. didn't mean anything like a lot of my tattoos don't mean shit you're ahead of your time but, like GQ does that with players now way right, exactly. and I had that I, I came up with that concept back in like 2017 like before wow. we came out but we couldn't do it because like we had the we I was right when the issue with everything with Baylor went on and so we kind of were just very limited so that's what I knew I was like okay like I'm definitely like a player's like I'm a player's designer where it's like, I want mm-hmm. to be, want them to have an expression or say in the art. Mm-hmm. And so then um, I came up with this series with this guy named Aura, who's now the creative director at Nebraska. And I was like, I told him, I was like, I want to do this thing where it's like the players are in like their normal, the recruits is for signing day. They're mm-hmm. in like their normal clothes and they go in the mirror and they like, we let them swag out, do whatever they want to do. They can brush their shoulders off, like anything, any type of movement they want to do. Mm-hmm. And then in the reflection of the mirror, it flips to them in a Baylor uniform. Ooh, and so that's- it, 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 yeah, it was super dope and it just it, and so 
that was the that was the first time when I was like, okay, we've actually executed our deal where the players show their personality. Because we gave them a free mm-hmm. reign. You can wear what you want to wear. You can wear your high school jersey, anything. You could swag out and show your type of personality, anything that you want to do. And so that's when I knew I was a, like a player's creative. And then when I got to NC State, where I was mm-hmm. running my full creative team, like it just like took over. Yes. Where, like I was just doing a lot of things that I was able to express the players like creativity. Like I was interacting with players. Like, what do you guys want to see? Um, mm-hmm. And to me, that also helped me out more because I was able to tell their stories. And when you're posting stuff that they like, they're going to interact with it more. And repost it every exactly. day. But then also it made me realize that this was the first time a lot of players saw not, not just a black person in that role, but like a black woman in that role where I was able to bring out other players' personalities. Like there was yep. like creativity. Because you don't like, feel comfortable. You don't feel it yeah. is real. You do not feel as comfortable. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. they were coming to me with ideas. And then one of our players that I'm really close with now, his name is Tayshawn. He actually like, he was talking to me, he's like, I've been wanting to start this clothing line. Like he helped me mm. with it. And so he, we were just like bouncing off of ideas. Deontay Holden had this idea about this podcast and they both like have their own pot. He has his own podcast, he has his own clothing line. Yes. And like his mom actually D, um, DM'd me when, he, when she saw I was leaving to Tennessee and she like thanked me for that. She was like, I just want to thank you for like showing Tayshawn that he can also be something more than just a football Ooh, player. Like, that's good. Creative. And so being a player's creative just like opened up so many avenues for myself that it's like, I'm not in this for the fans. I'm not in this for the likes or whatever. I'm in this to to yeah. for the for the players on the field that are putting in the work behind this. Mm-hmm. Like and and I want to find a way to connect that to them. So that's why I've been able to do a lot of these series. Like I did the fitted series at Tennessee. I did the wallpapers at NC State where um each like senior did like a custom wallpaper and I was working with them on what do you want this wallpaper to look like? Yes. Whether it's your hometown, whether it's like you, if there's you're something you're known for, like I want to show your personality. Um, and to me, that's like, to me, that's like changed wonders for myself and just like my mm. career. Cause I feel like a lot of people design for the clout of the fans and I'm not designing yeah. for that. I'm, just, I'm designing to put on for the players. So Ooh, that's good. And, and I think the big lesson from that for anybody who's listening is intentionality. If you are intentional, if you kind of know, and, and even being a player's creative, I'm curious before, let's say you get a job. Cause we'll hop into the different organizations you've been a part of, but let's say we go to Tennessee, we go to NC state, whatever, we go to Baylor. Do you research the players or learn more about them just before you take the position? Just a little bit, I guess, to kind of have a, a background of their story or what you want to tell? No. So I look at more of just like I look at their social media first. I would just look at okay. like, so do the players have personality or what are they what they're lacking? Like, in, right. like if, if I feel like it's kind of just like flat, I don't really know what their vibe is. And then once I get to the program, um, mm-hmm. I meet with the coach first. So like when I first got mm-hmm. to NC State, like, cause NC State was my first job where it's like, I was fully like taking over a program. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, when I first got there, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like, <laughs> dorm, we were not seeing eye He was like, Chanel, like, what is this? And I think part of it was because I was the first like black woman that's ever been in this role. Mm-hmm. And then for him, I think it's just a lot, it's a learning curve. And so I didn't really know, like, I was like, I don't really know like much about NC State football. Like I'm personally not a sports fan whatsoever. Ever. Mm, so, mm-hmm. um, which I think has actually helped me out a lot in my career. And so I actually sat with Coach Dorn and I was like, Coach D, like what, like what is NC State football? Like when you see, when you talk about NC State football, what do you want people to see? And he was like, Ooh. blue collar, hand in the dirt type of thing. So I was like, okay, bet. So I went back and I literally wrote down, okay, blue collar, hand in the dirt, like tough, like hardworking. All right. Mm-hmm. So I, then I went down, okay, what imagery can I use to show that? Mm. And so I went down and, and it was like, and it was like, okay. So I was like sweat, like dirt flying everywhere. And so then I was right. like, okay, how can I execute like how can I execute this? And so I took, okay, this is what his what his brand, what he wants his brand to look like. 
Then I look back at what is my personal brand? What is my personal style? I like to figure out how to put them together. You figure out how to merge those those two looks. And then you're, then I'm getting to know the players. Cause like, that's the thing when you're working with players, it's like, it's not going to happen overnight. Like it's right. You're going to have to be, like you said, intentional and really find the ways to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. And so after like my first couple months at NC state, I mean, I was constantly having players in the office, just talking. That's amazing. I have this idea. Like, can we do this? Like, and it was like, and to this day, like, I'm still like so close to just that whole program, Mm -hmm. Um, even players at Tennessee. And I wasn't even at Tennessee super long, but it's like, when you're intentional with those, with those, uh, when you're intentional with their, um, with your ideas and players yeah. know when you're full of shit too. So like, they know when you're <laughs> just like trying to be cool, just be cool. You're really trying to get to know them because you really want to tell their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and, it, and honestly, it, it, it's been great. Like it, it was honestly, it's been great. So. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And you, you talked about, so going to your IG page, of course I got to do my research on YouTube. So I'm there just like you're looking at the players. <laughs> And some of my favorite posts that you have, and you talked about this, just merging styles and understanding what are we showing? You're behind the scenes IG posts. So I see like two of them. And my favorite one was the one with the ice where y'all like got ice from the gas station and y'all put it in the ice cruncher and put it around a truck and spread it. But to see the outcome of the pictures, it was amazing. And so like for me, I love seeing into that because I feel like people don't understand the process of what you have to put in to get one quick picture. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see that. Like you guys were yeah. early putting ice and stuff, everything. And I think just my question right now is how do you know when to go the extra mile as a creative? Like to me, that was extra mile, but it was worth it though for that. Yeah. Um, I don't, for me, it's like, I, I honestly, I've always been the type of person. I just always go above and beyond. Like I, mm-hmm. I do what's I do more than expected. And I truthfully think it's because I'm, I'm not, I'm not in this industry because I want to be cool with players or like, cause I like football. Like I'm literally a creative, like, Mm -hmm. like I truly enjoy being creative. So like, those were literally just like, so every week we would do like a, like a reveal for like a uniform and it could, it could be something like most people did something super simple, but I was like, I want to make this like something that really shows our creativity, our personality. How can I get our interns involved? Mm -hmm. And I wish we had more behind scenes of all these other shoes because I mean we had some like wild shit that we did that (laughs) give me the wildest story what's the wildest one so I will say the honestly the ice one was probably super wild because it was funny because um they thought it was good there's like an 18 wheeler I was like yeah I need I need an 18 wheeler like (laughs) and that and they were just like so are you just gonna like rent it I was like no I'm just gonna ask if he says no we'll think of another plan like because my (laughs) thing is like it's just a no like who gives a shit like I know yeah exactly I just like asked I was like is there any way like we could just like borrow this for like a day and he was like oh yeah he was like where do you want it so he pulled it up and then this like ice machine is only like like 50 bucks like a day can we just rent it so we just like bought like a shit ton of ice and like mm-hmm. we were going to like the training room getting ice um <laughs> but I think honestly probably one one of the one of the fun ones was so it was a, it was a Halloween one and okay we it's it's on my portfolio under like the uniform reveals and I saw this like little like it's from a movie where it looked like he was coming with like a white sheet and it was like it was crazy mm-hmm. so I was like how can we do this with like a uniform and mm-hmm. so um and so we, we ordered this like this like uh 
like white saran wrap that you just like <laughs> you just like wrap like big ass stuff with yeah and so <laughs> we actually had one of our like our one of our strength conditioning coaches put the uniform and we wrapped him around it and we literally like had him like fall but it was like but like I mean our interns were literally like because I mean he was a he was a Pulling big him. ass dude <laughs> and so we, it was our interns and so I had to like literally I mean they're like leaning back like holding him by the <laughs> And we're just like, okay, fall. And we're just like, I mean, it's like, you have like a split second to take right. the photo, but it was super dope because it literally looked like, I mean, I wish you could see it, but it was because it literally looked like he was just like going through like a spider web. And it was like the craziest like stuff that we did. Um, but it was cool because our interns were involved. And it's like, I would sit down with them and okay, y'all, I have this crazy idea. Like, how can we execute this? So they were involved yeah. in the process. Like, we're That's just like, I mean, we're like sweating because it was hot as hell outside. We're like, <laughs> we're just like, okay, now fall. Okay, now jump. Like, and then yeah. we're in okay, case so of the first hot concept didn't work. Okay, so how can we make it work? I mean, we're like problem solving, like on the go. Like it was just dope. It was a cool like if you have if you can take the time to look at it. It was like I got really you. Cool, like, I'm gonna look at it right after this. I'm this is gonna be one of my snippets. I'm gonna put the photo up. I got you. <laughs> yes, cool. that I gotta see it because I, I love the snow one. Like just jumping in and it's like the snow looks like it's in his helmet, but it's not. I was like, bro, this is tough. Like yeah, it was cold as hell too. So I already know. <laughs> I already know. And then just talking outside of like work, right? you have to brand yourself as a creative also, right? You're helping other mm -hmm. athletes build their brands, but you got to bring yourself too. And one of the things I saw you say was people always ask, hey, Chanel, how do you get an opportunity? And you're like, y'all, be on Twitter. Uh, talk to me about just building your brand outside of also being a part of a bigger brand um, and just using Twitter. Like how, how did you utilize that platform and what can creatives do? So when I was on Twitter, when I first got on Twitter, I had it like in college and I probably had like 200 followers. I wasn't really like, on yeah. but then when I realized, oh, the sports industry is like on here. And mm -hmm. because like a lot of your work is this is before Instagram was like super booming. So like Twitter was a move. So like a lot of my work was getting posted on Twitter um, when I first got to Southern Miss when I GA there. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, like I just decided, I was like, I'm gonna post my work and just show my personality. I feel like with social media, like a lot of people like cap and they just post stuff that people want to hear. <laughs> but I think for me, I think what helped me build my brand, it's like, you no, know, whether you like it or not, like I'm gonna stand in my truth and speak mm -hmm. up. So whether it's for so women supporting women or, or Black Lives Matter, yep. or just how I feel like the creative industry is underpaid. It's like, or just like your mental health. It's like, I'm gonna speak my truth, whether you like it or not. And I think that's what's that's honestly what's helped me a lot. And when I tell you literally every job has come from Twitter, I haven't had to apply for that's one. crazy. Literally, my job from Southern Miss to Baylor was a DM on Twitter. Baylor what do you what do you post on Twitter? Is it like um your pictures? Like are you posting the work? Like what are you what are you posting? Yeah, so I'm posting, so I post a lot of my work on Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. but a lot of it's just like retweeting when like other teams post on work when the team organization I'm with post on work, I retweet ah. it, or I'll just like or I'll just um I'll interact with a lot of creatives um on social okay. media. But then also I just, I just, I just speak up. Like I, I literally advocate for myself and other creatives um, mm -hmm. and not everyone's going to be at that. Cause I don't want people to do it just cause that's how I did it. Like you, you'll, you'll find your lane and I happen just to find mine. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, like, it's just, it's crazy because I literally went from like 200 followers on Twitter to like, I'm close to like 10,000 now. That's like, it's, crazy. Like, it's crazy. And even with Instagram, like it's like, I literally just hit 10,000. It's literally, and none of it's I literally, when I tell you, none of it has been from Hey, follow me on social media. Like it's never, it's literally just me just like, advocating for myself. It's like so organic that it's mm -hmm. like, and I think because like, I'm just like very genuine, I'm authentic. And I think, I think people can tell that I'm just, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not full of shit. Like I'm, what yeah. I say is I stand in my truth. 
And it's like, whether you like it or not, it's like, I'm going to speak up for myself and, mm -hmm. and speak up for creators in the industry. And just whether it's like making it more diverse, creating opportunities for, for minorities um, and things like that. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to speak up for it. So I, I honestly think that's what's, what's helped me out a lot, but it's like, I have to do it all the time. Like people think Instagram is a way, but I'm like Twitter. I literally have got every time <laughs> Twitter. I'm telling you. So. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, and just building upon that, right. Followers things getting up, building your brand organically. There's this quote that just, I was so ready to use for this podcast and it just made me think of you. So I seen somebody say like, we always hear about people's prime. And a lot of the times you don't know you're in your prime until you're out of it. And you can look back on it. And I was like, whoa, like, okay, like that's different. But it was real. And a lot of your accolades are just inspiring because it's first black this, first black female this, first design black duo and things like that. Just talk to me about, does that mean anything to you? Like, what are those moments for you? How do you grasp it? And when was like, if it hasn't been yet, okay. But that moment where you sat back, like, whoa, I'm the first, you know, black creative director. Like, what does that feel like? Um, well, you're about to be emotional. I'm saying you're talking about it. Uh -oh. So <laughs> I, I honestly, so it didn't really hit me like that. It was like a big deal. Probably till I got to the national championship when I was ooh, about to cry. When I honestly, I didn't want because I was like mentally like exhausted, like after my like mm. second season with NC State that I was like, I really wasn't going to take the opportunity to go to the national championship because I think I was just at a phase where it's like, I was kind of questioning myself like, dang, am I good? Because I was literally just like burnt out. Mm. Um, so I, I saw I wasn't going to take the opportunity. Um, but Katie, she was just like, she was like, no, like, please, like, I really want you to do this. Like, would you be open to it now? And so my mom was like, I think you should do it. Like, mm -hmm. she was like, maybe this will help you get like out of this creative funk that you think you're in. Cause you know, every creative thinks they're in a funk, but in reality, every, to, to the outside world, they don't think you're in a funk at all. Yep. <laughs> but in my head, I was just like in a funk. I was like exhausted. Um, and so I, so I did it. And just the love that we got from doing that and to realize that I was the first in that, first in that category, yeah. um, the first black designer they've had for the, for the cost of playoffs and national championship and just being part of the first design female, all female design duo. Um, I literally, when I was in the press box and I was there, like I finally was moment and I literally was like crying. I was like, because mm. I just couldn't believe that I was like here, but then it really hit me. Like, so after that, and then Tennessee came along and right. And I had had a, and the thing is, I had a lot of other job offers that were kind of, they all, after the national championship, it was just like, they all kind of came, came on, mm -hmm. but I feel like I didn't want to jump at the wrong opportunity. Um, mm. And so when Tennessee came along and it was like, and it started getting out there like, oh, like um, I would potentially was leaving NC State. And then I did the USA Today article that like announced that I was going to Tennessee. Yeah. And when, when, when they announced that I was the first like um, black creative director in the SEC, I think for me first came like anxiety. So I was so scared to announce that I was like, even that's why I kind of like really didn't like, I kind of just like subtly announced it Yep. <laughs> um, because our like SID was asking like, so what are you going to like announce it? And I, I was so scared because for one, like um, it was a big deal. And so I knew like, I like I knew pressure. A lot of pressure was going to come on. Yep. But then also like you're dealing with like Knox was a very like racist, like Tennessee, Tennessee as a whole was a very racist background. Yep. And the guy before me was a white guy. So they pretty went like to a 180, completely opposite of what they have before. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so dealing with that and to be the first, it came with like, like a full anxiety. Like I was so scared to announce it. So when it came out, like I like was 
just like kind of just like oh shit because I like <laughs> didn't really fully get excited yet because mm-hmm. I was seeing the comments and like they were just like ripping me apart in the comments and get then, out yeah oh yeah they were like not only not only me being a female be being black like it was like crazy that is like, insane I and we're the like, most creative people who better for the <laughs> <Right>? job <laughs> I was getting ripped apart and then uh one of my friends Cole he was a, actually my GA when I was at Southern Miss uh, but even though he's like oh this older white guy he's super dope um, he was a designer at Tennessee, but he was for all of athletics. He had made this graphic for me announcing it. And he took a quote that I said in the um, the Sports Illustrator article that came out. And I was like, I just want to bring the black culture to Tennessee football. Mm. And you had fans who like, were like I know that made yeah, them go crazy. Like, Hell yeah. But then you had other fans that were fans that were just like, what is black culture? But and I'm just like, football is literally black culture. Literally. <laughs> so, like, um, so you had so you had that that came out and this came with the pressure just to being like, oh fuck, like I'm just kidding. Like before I even got there, I was getting like ripped apart. Yeah. But um once I got there, honestly, like for me, like I didn't do any of this for the accolades. Like I was just out there just like locked in, just focused on the process of just mm-hmm. like I want to make cool stuff. Like that was my goal. And but keep I, my job. <laughs> that was like my job. Like, I was like, I didn't really honestly didn't have a mindset of like, I want to be at this big school. Like I was just kind of just like doing it to just to do it. Cause I wanted to be creative. Yeah. But now that I have these opportunities and these awards, like for me, it's like, now I want to put other people on. Mm. So, like, and so that's like, cause to me, it's like, once I made a seat at the table for myself, okay. It's like, now I'm just, okay, how can I make an opportunity for other people to get a seat at the table? Yeah. So whether it's me advocating on social media, whether it's me calling people and being like, yo, like, what's up? Like, for example, like, um, the, the, um, the college football playoffs didn't have the most diverse staff. Mm-hmm. And so I became this past year. So there was only like one black guy, um, and the rest of the, the rest of the, all the women that they had were all white women. So, wow. so me having my platform and just the following, like, not only am I going to post on social media saying, Hey, like, let's be intentional with how we're trying to create opportunities for minorities. I posted two ways of how we can do this, but also like I call Katie straight up who does all that. And I was like, look, Katie, I'm going to be honest. We're friends. We're cool. I worked with you last year. Like I'm just disappointed in the lack of diversity. Mm. So I feel with my- a lot of people won't do that though. No right. matter what relationships they have, they won't do it. So first, I just want to say, I commend you like seriously for doing that. So, but for my thing is, so like, for me, it's like people only see, which is fine. Like I, I'm not doing this for people to pat me on the back, but like people only see what I post on Twitter mm. and they know what I'm doing behind the scenes. So it's exactly. Like, so it's, it's, it, I mean, it's fine to do that, but like, it is what it is, but it's like, I have no issue calling Katie being like, look, like we got to be intentional. Like even with yeah. us hiring with our graphics, I'm just not at the Panthers. I showed up was like, look, like all the people we interview are white guys. Like, were we intentional about where we posted the job? No. So we reopened the job. We, we got it on blackcreatives.com. We put it on this like other Latino site for other, just to, just to broaden our spectrum of, 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 our, of our options. And so I don't think people necessarily see the behind the scenes that I do, which is fine. But it's like, when, you, when you're in a space where you have people that actually listen to you and you're advocating on social media, it's like, I'm going to do my part and find yeah. ways, to, like whether create more opportunities for people or just like, or put more opportunities eyes on in, in different platforms so so that's to me that's what opened my eyes and what's giving me the opportunity with all these awards that I've gotten to be honest so that's amazing that is so amazing um that is absolutely amazing it just makes me happy because it's people like me trying to come up in the industry yeah. and having other people who are advocating behind closed doors because you just never know what's being said in other rooms you're not in and you just hope it's the right thing you know to push you through so that is amazing I just want to say thank you before we even move on like seriously um in Tennessee you talked about NC State we got there of course we had a little you know a little rough start but I want to talk about in NC State you talked about not being a good planner 
or not even, you know, knowing how to have much structure. So how did you learn from NC State and then move forward to Tennessee to figure out, okay, how can I change? How can I be better? Because I'm in charge of other people now. So I just don't have to plan for me. I got to plan for everybody, you know? So when I got to, so at NC State, we were a really small creative team. So you kind of, you didn't really necessarily, and we weren't really at the time when I first got there, we weren't known for our creative content. Okay. The opposite. You were in the SEC. You are like, you have, I mean, it's just the, the creative teams as alone in the SEC are just like super talented, yes. super dope. And they have, they have this like a following that it's like, you can't, you can't bullshit with being at Tennessee. And just Not like, at all. <laughs> yeah. And creative team. So I knew I had to go in there with a plan and also just being like a black person in general. It's like, you already have all eyes on you. So like you really, you don't have a lot of leeway for mistakes. Yeah. Um, so, and of course, everyone's going to make mistakes along the way. But when I went in there, I kind of knew, okay, this is like, I want to keep track of all the projects we're doing. What's priority? Mm-hmm. What, what are some key projects that we want to work on to really promote the team? What are some impact, impact opportunities that I can do right as soon as I get in there? So the first thing was TikTok. Um, was right. a big thing. I saw those. Yes, I and love I the TikTok. And like we had that one TikTok that went crazy. I had like over like a million views. And it was just like, and the players like love that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's what that's honestly what helped me um, build my relationship with the players. They saw okay, like I want to get TikTok. That's that's what that's a great recruiting tool. So it kind of and our players love that they're on it. So that definitely helped to both parties. But then also, what are some other things I could instantly do with helping out just the organization, getting players verified? It sounds crazy, but like. Like that's a big thing that's now, especially real. in the recruiting world is getting players verified, especially with NIL coming along. Like, how can I how can I help their social media following? How can I get them verified? So I had an Excel doc of every single player, um, every single like app that they had, if they didn't have an Instagram and Twitter, um, we get get them to make one. How can I get it verified? Mm-hmm. Things like that. And then the next thing was influencer. We used influencer um at Tennessee, and it really wasn't like up to the standard that I thought it would be when it comes to just uploading photos, giving players content to post. So yeah. I made sure like I was all, always updating those, updating those photos, uploading tagging. So they had um, content to post. Mm-hmm. So those are like the impact plays that I wanted to do when I got there. Um, and all of that came with just structure and like kind of figure out, okay, like what, what, what type of designer man, what type of creative man, I'm a play, player's creative, what can I do to help the players? Yeah. And that to help recruiting. Um, then also then the, how can I do it to bring like creativity to our social media platform? So that's where the fitted series came in mm-hmm. and the, the man on the street, the Tay talks that we did with Alante Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> podcasting um so giving him a his series um and things like that so that's honestly what what was kind of was my plan going into Tennessee that's good and impact there and and let's I want to backtrack just to the championship right um coming in kind of being in a funk and questioning yourself but ultimately you know it came out being a success for you and a really big moment for you and I, I to me I think art is really subjective so I can look at a trophy and be like that's just a trophy. And you can look at it and be like, we snap, you know? And so for people who are just like, just might be looking at like, whoa, that's a trophy. That's amazing. What talk to me about maybe your favorite piece about the trophy or a detail that you feel like really stood out to you all while designing it that other people just may not see. So, so for, we didn't design the trophy. Mm-hmm. We did all like the social media content. Um, okay. But I will say, so to get out of that funk, honestly, like, I don't think people really take traditional art, like, I think people don't really tap into traditional art a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So the biggest thing when I was first trying to get out of that funk, I was like, what is Miami culture? I'm not from Miami. So I'm like, 
what is Miami? Um, and so I was like, just like, I asked people like my, I had a bunch of friends that worked in Miami and I was like, yo, what's Miami? Like a few of my friends like are from Miami. So I'm like, what's Miami? Like, what are some areas that you think are like not represented? And everyone mm-hmm. does the whole, like the pink and blue and the like neon, like light stuff with Miami. But the area that one of my friends put me on was the Wynwood area. And Wynwood is gorgeous. Oh my God. I had never seen it. And so she was like, Wynwood, she was like, and it, she was like, it fits your style. Like it's like graffiti. Like, and I love Banksy as an artist, which he's actually. Okay. I love him too. Yes. Yeah, so I love Banksy. And I was like, oh, Wynwood, that's like kind of like, it's graffiti. Like, so I'm like, all right, dope. So I literally started researching Wynwood. I was like, mm-hmm. what's Wynwood art? Like, what does it look like? Just like figuring out what it is. And then I also like made a list of like just Miami. So what colors represent Miami outside of just the typical blue and the pink. So right. I was like, oh, sunset, the reds, the, the oranges, kind of like the subtle blues with the with the Miami like culture that they that's like that everyone knows about. Mm-hmm. And so then after that, I was like, okay, what elements can I tie together? So that's why I went with like the spray painting and bringing in the palm trees, but yep. doing like the Banksy style silhouette of it with the like adding the airbrush stuff to it. And so that's honestly mm-hmm. how the style came and then collaborate with Maddie on her ideas with adding the geometric shape within the within the palm trees mm-hmm. things that we were just like we kind of we kind of tapped into but honestly to be honest that whole like concept I honestly love is definitely one of my favorite like just favorite concepts as a whole like yeah I, I just enjoyed doing it. it was like super fun um the fa- the fans honestly liked it and it was just it, it was it was great and it definitely got me out of my creative funk because I was like god I suck but then like going back to my roots on why I got into it and tap me into that traditional art and just doing your research, like yes. searching your area, researching the culture behind it. Cause Miami has a culture in itself um, that helped me out a lot. So. Ooh, that's good. It's good to hear like behind it. Cause I just actually went to Miami for the first time a couple months ago and I was like, it is beautiful around here. Like I'm looking and it's just totally different. Cause Chicago is like big cities, skyscrapers yeah. and compressed. And then you have like, I'm going on their campus and comparing it to U of I. I'm like, where they got a swimming pool on campus? Like, what? This culture is different. But yeah. it's beautiful, though. And I've seen Wynwood, too. And and um, a lot of people tell me about it, too. And I've, like, looked it up. It's gorgeous. Fire. Yes. And I explored it. Like, when I first got there, one of my um, friends that lived there, I was like, can you take me to Wynwood? And because I just <laughs> want to embrace it to make sure, like, I was spot on about what it looked like. So we, like, walked around Wynwood. He showed me just, like, a lot of the graffiti, the murals. Like, he even ate there just to, like, really tap into it. So yeah. I made- was representing like Miami accurately and that's just that's just and honestly that that's just the thing that a lot of crazy to do in general when you're especially when you're dealing with different environments like whether you're trying to represent black culture it's like you can't really if you don't tap into it you can't represent it um accurately so like tap into the culture before you try to just represent it um uh and so that helped me out a lot so that's that's really good just to hear the background behind it. And just to move forward, one of the, my last few questions, one of the ways that I discovered you was um, the hashtag sports creative oh, color yeah. summit. And I was like, you know, they were highlighting everybody. And I'm like, whoa, like, you know, I'm seeing a work. I'm like, OK, like this is amazing. Just tell me. I mean, it was amazing. You were filled with so many amazing other creatives around you with different backgrounds. What was just your biggest takeaway from that experience? Um, I will say first, it's like, you don't really know how much, like how many people out there that look like you that are in the industry, um, literally so much talent, like to be around just so many like minority creatives, yeah, like Christina, Camille, like just like, oh, just so many people that were, that were there. It was, it was, it was, it was just so nice to be yourself. Like, cause you know, <laughs> when, 
you're in a room you can't when you're in a room with like all white people you can't necessarily you can be yourself to a certain extent um but they're gonna be looking at you like <laughs> for people to understand like your inside jokes or just like that your just your hair like like it's just like it's just so many so honestly that was just like it honestly it was a great experience but um i would say my biggest takeaway my biggest takeaway is just i don't even know because it, it was just it was i don't even know because it was just like such a it was just such a great opportunity. But the biggest thing I would say would probably just like making sure you're just networking with people that look like you. Mm. Um, I think is is probably my biggest my biggest takeaway because like we're always gonna support each other. Like, um, oh. it, like a lot of people that I've met that I didn't even know when I met once, like they're they're resharing my stuff, like mm. giving me love, like go off sis. Like we met one time, but it's like they're like always gonna be in your corner. Yeah. I think people really take that. I think people take that for granted. It's like you you need to look also tap into the people that really look like you because we're always going to generally support you. There's no hate. There's no jealousy. There's no ego. It's like we want to see people in the room that look like us. So I'm going to support you. And I think that's where um, I think that's where people miss out, especially the young creatives. Like it's like you you honestly like you want to reach out to people that look like you. And honestly, that more because just when I've started doing this mentorship now and I've had some people reach out to me it's like a lot of it's white people and it's like and it's like crazy because I'm just like in my head it's like so disappointing where it's like ah, I see so many black creators on social young creators on social media and it's like yeah I be like, hello I'm right here but it's like <laughs> you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink and it's like I just want to tell like my young minority creators like reach out to people look like look that look like you like pour into us because like we want to pour into you but it's like again like we can't make you drink the water that we're trying to give you. Um, and and I I always want to help people that look like me, but it's like, I can't when it's like, you don't want to help yourself. Um, it's like, a lot of them have these egos and it's just like, it is sad. Cause it's like, I've like been helping so many, like I've, when I say I've been on call so many like white guys and you mm. would think cause I'm a black one, but white guys, cause they, they put, the, they don't give a shit about their ego, but it's like, you're <laughs> a lot of minority creatives who are just like think they know everything and it's like no like i'm trying to pour into you let me help you yes um, and so that's the one thing i've just like i want to uh, the takeaways like you got to pour into the people that look like you because like we're trying to help you out so that's good anybody listening if you are creative chanel hit her <laughs> up i'm gonna put i'm gonna put her instagram link below but seriously when you hear people like that who are in elite positions who say they want to help not everybody wants to help so you have people who say they want to help definitely utilize it. I would say just even with my experience, like networking has been amazing for me. Like a lot of times I'm like, I want to talk to her. I want to talk to him and I'll go on LinkedIn and I'll send a DM and have a conversation. I think some people are scared because they don't know people, but you just never know how you can connect with somebody so well. You never know that person may be from Chicago or their family. Maybe you can have some commonality and have an amazing conversation and you just don't know what you're missing out on. Um, So everybody listening, get in tune reach out, do what you need to do. Yeah. But uh, there is a way to do it though. I, I I wish I could do a seminar on this because I reach I like do it. Like it's it's, <laughs> it's like I I actually I that is part of one of my seminars I'm doing with um the Panthers. Okay. But I just noticed that a lot of creators, especially like black creators, really don't know how to network through social media and how to approach people. Like the first yeah. thing we're doing is like, hey, I, I shot for this person. Um, how can I be an NFL photographer? And it's just like, what? Like, like <laughs> they'll be like, can I get a job? Can I intern? And I'm just like, I don't even know you. No, like, yes. Like, so first, like, ask just like ask like their background, and also don't be afraid to like ask like, hey, can I hop on a call? I think I, that's what's back to the point of being intentional. Like, are you just hitting this person up for a job, or are you really trying to create that 
really trying to create a relationship with that person. So whether it's just like, hey, can we hop on a call? Can we yep. play FaceTime? Like be truly intentional when you're sliding into someone's DMs and not just straight up being like, can I get a job? Like, because mm-hmm. it's like, to me, that's what's a shy way for so many people is you're straight up just being like, can I be an intern? And it's like, I don't even, I don't even know your name. Like your, your at is at baller one, two, three. And it's like, you <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know your name. Like, exactly. So be intentional. <laughs> that's real. And that's useful information. And just to finish it up, two more questions I got for you. Um, two of my favorite pictures that you've taken. Uh, one of them is you kind of experienced something that was legendary. Cam Newton has had an up and down career recently. And you got the picture of him coming out the tunnel with the smoke. Like amazing. And then also the one of Keith Kirkwood crying. That was really powerful, too. I just want to talk about how do you know when you have that picture? Like when it's like, ooh, this is the one. Um, so okay, so with the cam photo, I know that's like an iconic thing that he does with this. So when I tell you I was so nervous because what people don't realize about sports photography is that you have like one shot to get the shot. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like people don't realize the pressure that you have. So I knew I was like, oh fuck, okay, this is like it's his first <laughs> like in my head, I was like, I cannot mess this up. Like, so I was like, I, I have to get this. So as soon as I got it, I, as soon as he's coming, I was like, okay, I like locked in. I was like, I have to get this shot, make sure I'm in focus, make sure I was like, my settings are like my, my ISOs, right? My F-stops on point. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that he ran, I was like, I just locked in, just started firing away. And I, yeah. knew, I was like, I knew I got the shot. And I was like, I texted our, we have a Slack group for our social media on game days. And I was like, I got the cam shot. And I just sprinted to our Ethan. I was like, I'm sitting in the shot. <laughs> I'm sending it. And when I tell you, like, I like didn't realize, first of all, our, any, everyone loves Cam Newton. So I did not think it was going to blow up that, like how it did. It blew up. Like, it blew up. And then I was like, okay, like I knew I got that first shot. And it's like, the first shot I got was when he was standing up, just kind of like, looking around, which I don't, I didn't really post that one. Um, but that was just a powerful shot because you can tell he was like taking it all in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did this and then he just ran and just started screaming. So I was like, I'm just going to keep following him. Just like, <laughs> He was coming out of it. He was like yelling, his hair was everything, he had veins. And so that's how I was like, oh shit, I just got these like two like dope shots of yes. that I was just like, holy cow. Um, and then with the Keith Kirkwood shot, so Keith got actually got hurt during training camp. So he actually got carted off. So he like hadn't been he, he hadn't played at all. He hadn't mm-hmm. drunk at all the whole season. So he actually posted on his Instagram story um the day, the morning of the game, and was like, blessed and like like he's like wait his whole like whole year for this moment so I knew yeah. it was like it was gonna be a big moment it's a big moment mind, I was like okay let me make sure I key in that's that's some that's intentionality that's paying attention because a lot of people wouldn't even do it again and that's where you have to be like a player's creative so people think I'm like so when I follow our players on social media I'm like I'm tapping in like stories like is there something I'm missing like let me make sure because mm-hmm. like, like, you just never know these moments that these players have um and so I knew okay Keith is like this is a big moment for him I didn't know he was gonna cry I had no idea um so I was on the sideline I was taking a picture of coach rule and I heard which I had coach and I heard like sniffling and so I kind of was like trying to find wow. I heard sniffling and so I saw it coming. So I just like went over there and so again that's why I say it's great to have a relationship with players because I had to get close to his face this is a very vulnerable moment for him exactly I mean I had to be in his face <laughs> so, so I saw him crying and so at first I went to the side and I like was getting a side shot of him, but you couldn't really like tell that he was mm-hmm. like, like, no, I want to just like, so I was like, screw it, I'm just getting his face. So I got in his face and that's when I just like saw like tears like running down his face. And wow. I just like, away and I was getting tight on his eyes, like just a lot of different shots. 
And as soon as I got it, I texted, like I ran over and texted our, uh, my boss. And I was like, yo, I just got this really dope shot of Keith Kirkwood, like crying, like I'm gonna send it over. And so they sent it and this, they put the quote, um, this like, uh, this, uh, I think he tweeted out something on Twitter and they tapped in and like put it over the picture. And that's when I just knew I was like, okay, I knew it was going to be an iconic shot because it was telling his story. Like it was yes. like, like you don't see that. Was, you don't see a guy. Yeah. And I mean, full tears. Like you see tears. his whole face. Like, this, it wasn't like, he wasn't like, it was crazy. And then like, the thing was the past game, the Bucks game, he had been out a past couple of games too. Like he, what had him been dressing out, but we, we had had a bunch of people on COVID that got hurt. So we ended up dressing out his last game. And he started crying again. And, and this is why me and Keith became really clo- close where I was like, I know he's like talking with him. So he started mm-hmm. crying again. And this one, he was like really, really crying. So this is why I got a, like a side shot of him crying. But it's just so intimate moments that I love yeah. to capture because um, he did say that's probably one of his favorite photos he's ever like ever had. That's, his- that's something like you put up on a wall. And, and for me, I think because we j- people just see athletes as like athlete. And like to see somebody crying just because they have the opportunity to be back here. For me, it shows the appreciation for like the position I'm in, but also like how important this is to me. Like for me to re- we just never know what they're going through mentally to rehab back. I never toured nothing. Right. And I've like fractured my wrist before and I was super upset that I wasn't playing basketball. So imagine like going through some major having mm-hmm. to mentally get yourself right and then go perform at the highest level like that's just something we take for granted. That picture is amazing, Chanel. Thank you. Yes, that is amazing. And then last one I have for you, watch the video. You know, you had your reels, different things, and the team did a segment, your game day routine. So getting there, 745, taking pictures of the locker room, tunnel, all of these things just to have a story, whether they win or lose. Is there anything else that typically photographers do not take a picture of, you know, tunnel is regular locker room. Those are just standard things. Is there something that that people are not doing currently that you feel like you want to implement that's really different? Um, hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> um, um, I I think I don't think people. So I will say the the part that I always like key in when I'm shooting is um, national anthem. And also during the game, I key in a lot on our sideline. Mm-hmm. I think people tend to focus on like the game action. And I was definitely that type of person at first, but then my boss was like, go like, make sure like you're like, he was like, make sure you key in on things that fans don't normally see. So like fans, the touchdown fans, are, but they don't necessarily see the interaction on the sidelines. Right. Um, or just like, or the national anthem, because people tend to get like these super wide shots of the national anthem. Um, but they also don't see things that are behind the scenes. Like, so like that's going on in the background. So I don't know if you saw the photo that I posted of Ian Thomas, when he has the black crowd face up in a mirror. Yes. And so, so, so maybe a normal person, it's just like a regular photo. But to me, I instantly saw that being an iconic photo because it was like you had Ian holding his fist up. You had Brandon Zilcher with his, who's a white guy with his hand on his shoulder, and then you had Amir kneeling, and then the American flag was behind him on the video board. Mm. And so that's a, that's a part that it's like I don't know if people necessarily key in on that of just like what's going on in the background mm-hmm. that is powerful. That it's like that it just framed up so nicely. So I think that's yeah. a thing I would want to see people focusing more on, but also just literally just getting that player interaction, like. Um, just on the sideline, like where like Dan Arnold, who was with us, um, he got traded to the Jaguars, but like the way he is on the sideline, just the way he hugs players, the way he like embraces players. Like mm. we just did a post just about that. Cause it was just so dope. Brotherhood. We didn't see that at all. Like you really would only see it if you're like directly behind the side, our sideline. Right. 
little moments like that, like a, a shot that I got of, um, of, it was, I think it was Sam Darnold and Robbie where they do like the, like they do, they like do pinky promises when they're running out of the tunnel. And okay. it's, like, it's like those little things that like, you would never see, like you're just running, but stuff that yeah. I would, like the key. And so this was like little moments that fans won't necessarily see that you see, I think is, um, I think it's dope because there are a lot of those intimate moments that could tell a story even when you're losing, like all those photos, they could literally be post at any time. Yeah. Not one of it was a game action photo. It was all just like intimate moments that mm-hmm. fans would never see. So that's, that's good too, because I, I will say like one of, I try to do that when asking questions too, like stuff that's just different stuff that like people are not going to generally ask you. And I, I learned this from Taylor Rooks. Cause she had like an interview with somebody like a basketball player. And it was like, Hey, you always like tap your shoulder or something before a game. It's like, what? Like, that's the smallest detail. People want to talk about the layups or how they argue with somebody or how they interact it. What's the story behind that? And what do you say? And it's like, as a fan, you learn something about the person you're a fan of that you probably never saw. But also it's like, dang, that's a good question. Because that person feels like you're paying attention to them, but it's also just showing something different. So that's really good. That's something I feel like I'm trying to work on too, which is kind of getting stuff that's outside of the box that like people typically don't ask or see. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Um, but that's really all I have. I am. This has been an absolutely amazing conversation. So for everybody tuning in, subscribe if you haven't. Follow Chanel on social media. Where can they find you on social media? Uh, so I'm pretty much the same on everything on Twitter. I'm Nels N E L L E Z underscore, and then on Instagram and TikTok, I'm just like reverse. So underscore N E L L E Z. Okay. Yes. Follow her. Amazing content. I learned a lot. And one of my favorite things that you do is just posting advice to creatives, which is really good too. So all of my creatives who are out there, reach out, feel open. But Chanel, thank you for gracing my platform, um, for just dropping gems. I had an amazing time. I learned a lot from you and I really appreciate you. Oh, no problem. No problem. (laughs) All right. We out y'all.